My name is Soraya and welcome to my podcast. Beautiful Talks is all about finding the light in dark conversation, opening up uncomfortable conversations for your family, your friends, your acquaintances. And each conversation is designed to give you the courage to live out your truth. Beautiful Talks starts now. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Beautiful Talks podcast. My name is Soraya, the founder of It's a Beautiful Mind, and I'm so excited that you've chose to tune in to this podcast today, and I'm grateful for you, and I hope you take something away from this experience. So uh, like I said in my last podcast, I wanted to talk about like these series of podcasts is all about relationships. The older I get and the more I meet new people, I realized that we all suck at relationships. Like, I don't even mean relationships with like our significant other, but I mean friendships. I mean family. I mean acquaintances. Like, we are just grown ass adults who suck at having relationships. And it made me really think and take a step back. Like, why? Why are we struggling with relationships? Why are so many people, 25 plus, can't hold a friendship? Friendship, a genuine friendship. And um, so I spent a lot of time thinking about it. So it made me think about our very first encounter of a relationship. And that would be with our parents. And then it's with family, friends, significant other, relationship with yourself, and then your spiritual or religious relationship with God or the universe. You know, relationship is really what our life is all about. And so for this series of uh, episodes, I really wanted to just narrow in the problematic areas of each relationship and how we can improve in them. So the first one is really just taking accountability. So we have to take accountability for our actions and for the failed relationships that has happened. It's so easy to blame someone else for a failed relationship, but it's like at the end of the day, you contributed to it. That's why it's called relation, you know? And I think the main problem with relationships is that everyone lacks accountability. You lack accountability for how you've treated people, how you spoke badly about them, how you disrespected them. Before I get carried away, let's start with your very first relationship. Now, before I get into this podcast, I really want to say <laughs> I love being a millennial. I feel like we've been able to experience a lot of different crazy shit. <laughs> And and as far as like family, we've experienced generational traumas and lived through this crazy, creative, outspoken Gen Z generation. Now, say what you want to say about Gen Zers, but I feel like we've learned so much from them. I mean, they've given us all the courage to speak up and be authentic, even if it's not a popular, trendy thing to say which I think is a beautiful thing. Although, let me say a disclaimer, I do feel like it has also created a group of people who are hypersensitive and problematic. 
(laughs) But nonetheless, it has created a group of people who are more outspoken, you know, because that's a powerful thing. Your voice and your word is so powerful. And I love that this younger generation is learning that. It's amazing. But this podcast isn't about glamorizing Gen Zers. It's actually about parenting and our parents and things we've never got to say or speak out about. Things that has traumatized us, that has harmed us in the long run than it did in the short term. It's about traumas passed down, speaking up, holding them accountable and things that we've always hated, things that we dislike, things that we're still carrying on our spirit. And let's be clear, this podcast is not strictly for your biological parents, it's for your step parents because step parents can be a beautiful thing for families. Step parents can also be the worst thing for families as well. All right, so y'all not excluded, okay? (laughs) So like I said before, relationships with parents are the first relationship we've ever had. It's actually the foundation of all of our relationships. And we initially learned how to love, trust, forgive, respect. We've learned that from our parents. In many cases, we've learned what not to do as well. Let's face it, we've all been disappointed by our parents. In one way or another, the problem with that is it's almost forbidden to say for children or being the child, it's like, how could you say that? How dare you feel that way about your parents who gave you life and provided for you, who took care of you? In the same breath as children, we ain't asked to be here. I mean, you knew the risk of having unprotected sex. You ain't about to blame nobody but yourself. Okay, let's set that there. Okay, I put together seven things that we need to address to the toxic parents. Let's go. (laughs) All right. Number one, it is not your child's job to take care of you. (sighs) So I've had so many friends that can relate to this. So (laughs) if you can relate to this, definitely leave a comment. All right. As soon as the child gets a job, then many parents throw their financial responsibilities onto them. Why? Your lack of stability is no one's fault but your own. Get a second job, find a side hustle, learn a new skill, go back to school, pick up hours, damn it, do overtime, whatever it takes. Many parents want to raise ambitious children for their own selfish reasons of being taken care of. How many of you listening to this had to take on a parent's bill? To me, that's selfish because if you didn't have a child who had a job, you would be making smarter financial decisions because you have no other choice. I think a child should stay in a child's place. We only have 17 years to really be children. The rest of it is being adults and figuring out your life and paying bills and taking on responsibilities. Let's be clear. If you see your parents doing their best and they're struggling, of course you will help them. But to put a financial obligation is just selfish. Children are responsible for their parents when their parents are unable to take care of themselves. For example, babies are unable to take 
take care of themselves. Children, in my opinion, 21 and under, are still figuring things out, still unable to really take care of themselves. That is the responsibility of the parent. Now, when the parent is old, the children are now responsible for the parent because the parent is unable to take care of themselves. If we spend all our lives taking care of the parent, how can we afford to take care of them when they're older and when they really need you? Because listen, look, them old people bills ain't nothing compared to baby bills, okay? (laughs) And let's not exclude the responsibility of being an adult, like having children of your own, maybe running a business of your own, running a household of your own. Like it's expensive. So take on your responsibility as much as you can. That is the cycle of life until you can't anymore. A lot of parents force children into specific occupations that children hate. They hate it, but they're just doing it because their parent wants them to do it so that they can take care of them, you know, and ultimately it is selfish. Number two, abuse is not discipline. Y'all really out here being your children like you hate them. There's many times where I've showered in my own blood. There is no way that that is love because you wouldn't do that to a stranger unless they gave you a reason to protect yourself. I've seen people treat the people they claim to love far more worse than the stranger in the street. And to me, that's a red flag. I've had experiences where look you know what I love about like our generation too now is that we're making jokes about the abuse like you know haha like yeah we got abuse for this and you know we laugh about it now like that's definitely a coping mechanism but let's be real because I think about me having children with you know Shakira and I'm like I will never could never do that to my child or allow anyone else to do that to my child because that's not love Actually, for a very long time, I've really been obsessed with love and what love should be and look like and feel like. And I know for a fact that is not love. That is not discipline. Abuse builds resentments, anxiety, trust issues, and so much more. Now, I'm about to throw some Bible verses on y'all because y'all know I be out here, you know, getting to know God. So, Ephi- oh, I hope I'm saying this right. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and instructions of the Lord. Proverbs 13, 24. Whoever spares the rod hates their son, but he who loves him is the diligent to discipline him. Now, the word discipline. A lot of us have like this negative kind of perception of what discipline is because every time we were disciplined, we were beat. So we think that discipline is this bad, horrible thing when discipline is a good thing. It's actually a requirement in life. In order for you to be successful, you need some form of discipline and consistency. Now, the definition of discipline is an activity, exercise, or regimen that develops or improves a skill. It is for the good. It shouldn't be the only painful part of discipline. It should be like mentally, you know, like pushing through. It shouldn't be like literally a physical thing unless you're disciplining yourself for some kind of physical training. But for the most part, it is a mental 
thing, in my opinion. Now, this can be triggering (laughs) for a lot of people. So get you a glass of wine and chill. So it blows my mind that adults get frustrated with children to the point of beating them when they're learning something new or for the first time. Like, sir, ma'am, you've been out here for 20 plus years. You should know this. Your child been out here in the world for maybe five, six years and you expect them to know what you already know like that nah it don't work like that you know our parents will say my parents beat me and I'm okay are you are you like who are you trying to fool we both know you're not okay now because of that same theory children are getting therapy on things you should have gotten therapy on a very long time ago which brings us to number three it is not your child's job to heal you now i will say this over and over and over and over again children do not heal marriages they don't heal relationships they don't bring you joy peace love It is selfish to bring a child into this world for something other than wanting to expand your family. It it is completely selfish. And let's be clear on something. Having a child needs to be a mutual agreement. For a very long time, I really thought the only way for you to have a baby is an oops baby. It is so taboo for people to plan to have a baby. Most of everyone I know, family, some friends who have oops babies. For me personally, I think, in my opinion, before you have a baby, you need to learn what unconditional love is. You need to figure out your traumas before you have children so that it doesn't become generational. Children are indeed the future. And it's not exclusive to say that quote when pertaining to education or graduation or school. Children also contribute love, character, integrity, creativity. Those are solid foundation in anybody because these children eventually grow up to be adults. And children, yes, they need to be guided. They need to be disciplined on those principles. The rest, like career and family and other adult things, will fall into place. That's why I think it's really important that when you start having kids, you you read on things that you should do as a parent. You're constantly growing, constantly learning. Every child is different. Every child is unique and every parent is different and every parent is unique. I hate when people say there's no right or wrong way to parent because there is a wrong way. There is definitely a wrong way. But I think the saying should be there's no right or perfect way to parent. Number four, what happens in this house stays in this house, protects no one but the narcissist who speak in it. Think about it. Who has that ever really protected? Like really think about it. What happens in this house stays in this house because I can name a dozen children who's been raped in their household, who's been attempted suicide, been beaten to death. In my opinion, what happens in this house stays in this house is a fear tactic. It's a form of control and it allows nobody to hold that person accountable. It really is like insurance for the oppressor. How is it protecting the innocent bystanders? Like, I don't know, the children? 
I feel like what happens in this house stays in this house is street code for family. Like a lot of y'all go out here and talk about gang members and you'll never understand their code. But y'all understand what happens in this house stays in this house. I have so many family members and friends who has been molested by their own family members and they tell people in their family. And who do they shame? The child who was molested. What about children who are dealing with so much abuse in the household? And because they're raised on what happens in this house stays in this house, they have no one to talk to about it. So then they go through life alone because they don't think anyone can relate to them. What happens in this house stays in the house has to be the worst thing to ever say. Because whoever's saying it, why are you saying it? I feel like most people who say it is like they're protecting their own image. It's true narcissism. They want to protect their own image so that, you know, only the people within my reach, only the people within my household knows who I really, really am. So that when we step outside this house, I can pretend, I can pretend to be the parents of the year so that they can love and accept me. What happens in this house stays in this house has caused more damage than you'll ever know. Get rid of it because it's not protecting the family. Number five, your child has a voice. Expressing emotion is not a form of disrespect. When you raise your child to suppress their own feelings, that child is more likely to be in an abusive relationship and they will think that's love. I mean, why wouldn't they? Children grow up to think that pain is love. And it's actually the complete opposite. Pain is not love. It's so weird. Like I thought it at one point, like now that I'm looking back and I've discovered what love is and what it feels like, I realized why did I think it? Why did I think that was love? It's crazy. Children need to be raised on confidence and respect so that they can attract the same thing. And that's not just in significant relationships, that's in friendships as well. You know, whatever your child tolerates with you, just know they're going to tolerate it with someone else. And it's kind of funny because, you know, it's like that saying where, oh, I can bully my brother, but nobody else can. Why are you bullying your brother? There's there's boundaries here. All right. I'm not saying be a punk ass and cry every time somebody crack a joke on you. There's a difference between cracking a joke and being disrespectful. There's boundaries. You have to understand boundaries. If you're constantly telling a child what they can or cannot do, can or cannot say, can or cannot feel, they're going to suppress it in other relationships. They're never going to learn how, not never, but they're going to have a hard time expressing themselves. They're going to be pushed over. They're going to be disrespected, more than likely abused. And they're going to be okay with that because that's normal to them. At the end of the day, it would be your fault. A lot of parents will look at their children and they won't understand why their child is in a toxic relationship. But it's like you are toxic to them and they thought and they still think that's love, but it's not. Learn to allow them to express themselves. You know what? As a parent, you have to accept that you're not going to be right all the time. Children are going to call you out on your shit and it's not disrespectful. It's a form of accountability. You call them out on their shit and they should be allowed to do 
do it to you. Of course, with respect and with love, but you got to understand that they respond to you the way you respond to them. If you think it's disrespectful, then teach them a way to communicate in a respectful way and demonstrate it as well. Number six, boys need to be raised. I hate it. It literally makes my skin crawl when people be like, oh, I want to have a boy because they're easier. Easier? That is a stereotype, okay? Because either way, they are a human that's going to grow up to be somebody. Women are more likely to be raped by men. Men are more, more likely to be incarcerated. Less men graduate college and or high school. I mean, I don't think boys are easier. I think people are lazier with them. Boys leave the house not knowing how to cook, not knowing how to clean, or how to be a gentleman. Less parents are having the sex talk with their boys. Why? Are having these strict conversations with girls on sex. Hold it until you're married. And that's your private. Have respect for yourself. But with these boys, here's some condoms. Protect yourself. That's it. That's all y'all can contribute to the conversation. And then those same boys grow up to be rapists. They don't know what consent is. They don't know what respect is. Teach men or boys how sexy consent is. I personally feel like if you're going to teach your daughter, if you're going to raise your daughter on religious standards like, you know, no sex before marriage, then teach your son the same thing. But if we're being realistic, this whole no sex before marriage thing, I mean, yes, I read the Bible and I'm learning more about God. Am I religious? No. Am I going to raise my child to be religious? Mm, Probably not. I want my child to have some kind of moral, standard moral. And, you know, honestly, biblical principles are still valuable and hold a lot of value. I don't know. We'll put a pause on that conversation. But I just feel like boys are just as much work as women. Women are more emotional. Yes. Well, are they more emotional or are they more comfortable in their emotions? I don't know. (laughs) But boys take just as much energy as it does to raise a woman. And honestly, in my opinion, if you're raising a boy, and if a boy is supposed to be a man of a household one day, then actually they do need more more focus than women. Based on the standard of men being the head of the household, then women and women being submissive to that man, then we need to raise men to be leaders. And being a leader is more than just calling the shots. It's a man with integrity and morals and respect, you know, and teach women to be submissive to a respectful man who has morals and respect and integrity. Can't just be out here being submissive to any goddamn man. You gotta be submissive to the right man. That's how I see it. Number seven, last but not least, if you don't correct your ways, heal yourself, learn your own traumas, take accountability for your own faults, then those same children that you raise, they're going to grow up one day, become adults, and they're going to resent you. I don't remember where in the Bible it is. We'll put a pin there. But in the Bible, it says how you raise your children is how you will die. And that's intense. But I think it holds a lot of value. You neglect your children, you abuse your children, you disrespect them. You're going to have a very lonely life. Your children are going to grow up to adults. They're going to see you for who you really are. They're going to learn what love really is. 
and feels like. They're going to understand what respect is and disrespect. They're going to differentiate what a positive relationship is from a negative relationship. They're going to create family relationships outside of you. How many older people retire all alone with no family, with family alive and well, but still by themselves? Think about that. Children will grow up to adults and they'll be more educated. I mean, look at the world today, especially with mental health. People are talking about it and you're going to be identified. And then they're going to realize, you know what? How I was raised and how my parents treated me was not love. And they're going to avoid you. The calls are going to be less. They're going to understand truth. They're going to live and own their truth. And you're going to be alone. And that's a sad ending. So to avoid that, seek help. The only way for you to really have a family, again, this is going to be contradicting to what I said earlier. I still believe that the Bible still has has a foundation that most families should have. It says that you should submit to a man who submits to God. The Bible says that a wife should submit to a husband the way the husband submits to God. And I feel like there's so much truth and so much benefit behind that. And it doesn't say submit to a religion. It says submit to God. So I just want to clarify that. Growing up in a toxic household where there was no true you know, um, principle of what a man should be or what a family should feel like or look like. I realized that, you know, my mother's husband never submitted to God. And with that being said, that our family had and has so much problems. So that's how I'm going to end it. This podcast was very triggering for me. So I'm going to meditate right after this. Clear my mind, breathe and stretch because child, but all in all, what it really, what a good parent lacks is accountability. No parent really wants to be told what to do or how to improve. I think that's what it lacks. And if your family is raised on the principle of what happens in this house stays in this house, then who's holding them accountable? Who's pushing them to progress and improve? No one. Accountability is all you need to be a great parent. You know, I I, I believe as children, you do have to have empathy for them because working with what they know and all that they have and they may be doing the best that they can. In retrospect to that, are they doing their best or just saying they're doing their best? Because I feel like once you hit an age 25 and up, 25 and up, by, by then you should know right from wrong. That's just what it is. You either understand right from wrong or you just choose to continue to do wrong. I do believe as children, you can't grow angry. You just have to keep moving and you can't allow the way you were raised or those traumatic experiences to hold you back. Because trust me, it can and will hold you back if you allow it to. Basically, that generational trauma ends with you. Make it a a point that by the time you begin to have children, that you won't traumatize your children. You'll take on the courses, you'll read the books, you'll constantly learn different ways to parent your child. You will take therapy, not as a parent, but for yourself. And I believe that will be the cure to ending generational trauma with love, of course. So yes, that's pretty much all I have to offer on this podcast. I hope you learned something. 
I really appreciate you spending time with me. I hope that this podcast was relatable. It opens up conversations in your family, opens up conversations in your friend group and acquaintances. And uh, when you have these conversations, uh, you know, listen with an open mind, open ears and an open heart. Watch your tone because <laughs> tone matters. And that's it. That's all I have to offer. Oh, before we go, what would be my life lesson from this podcast? My life lesson, I would say, is to to move forward. The thing is with childhood trauma is when you dwell in it, it becomes depression. You can either make it make you or you can make it break you. You already know how it feels to break you to put you into depression and toxic habits and make you stress more and anxiety. You already know what it feels like. So now it's time to learn how those things can make you. How can it make you grow and progress and be a stronger version of yourself? How can it make you a better parent in the future? So yeah, that's my life lesson. That's all I have to offer. (laughs) I appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. I love each and every one of you and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Listen to Beautiful Talks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. I would deeply appreciate if you leave a review and share with your favorite person. Remember you are brave, you are beautiful, and you deserve love. 